goodness gracious. Wait, James, why do you love this podcast? Yeah, dude, I haven't said it really. I, I realize I haven't said it, but I fucking love this pod, man. That's my guy. I love because I love the people we bring on. And I, I just love the conversation. That we're just we're literally just sitting here talking. And I, I I always wonder what it's like for people listening. Um because sometimes I I know like it's three dudes most of the time. And we're just kind of mansplaining, Are we? <laughs> in a way. In a way. In what a does way. that mean? In a, in a, like we don't, we just don't have. I thought that has to mansplaining has to do with it's, women's stuff. Yeah. Or like, well, I'm using it in the context that directly. we are not experts in any field, really. Except I would, music I would and not art. use mansplaining James, to say uh, that. Like, yeah. I open this up for James to like compliment us and shit. We're not mansplaining. Mansplaining is supposed to be like. I don't even really understand it, honestly. Let's put, let's put it, let's put it, let's put a cap on this. No, 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 no. This is this mansplaining. If we talk about mansplaining, because I'm just trying to figure out what it is, bro. Somebody, you know I, I said it, it as a joke. We're looking it up. I said it as a joke, I know, and then y'all got people, defensive because uh, I'm insecure yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I th- my point I think was they can tell. I my, think they can tell. The main point was that. <laughs> We're just bullshitting on here, but it's it's. I like that great. description. Yeah, bullshitting is much better. Okay, mansplain. Explain to someone, typically a woman, in a manner regarded as condescending or patronizing. Yeah, we're not condescending either. We're just we're just talking out of our ass essentially. Yes. But some of the stuff we say is fucking smart. Hopefully. <laughs> I said some. I said some. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. I was speaking to somebody who has um, heard our podcast and has like heard other podcasts before and was talking about different like models of a podcast right because you kind of have the joe rogan route where it's kind of more i wouldn't say more interview well it is more interview and more a little more formal like in terms of holistic information getting out and like him just letting the guests like really speak and then he comes in with questions or you have this model like where those friends just kicking it bullshit and then i like both i think they both have their merits and i think that's how we learn in life is through a combination of this kind of more formal platform and informal because we have these conversations off mic and that's how i've i've grown the most i've learned as much from you two as i have from you know any media platform that's out there you know what i'm saying and i don't know if that's a comment more on y'all or the media platforms who knows but i'll just, take it yeah no it's definitely a positive thank you it's a positive <laughs> i just mean it in the sense of like we learn from the people we're around as much as the people who teach us, right? Because it's often the same. Yeah, isn't there a thing that's like, we are representation of our five closest people, something like oh, that? Wow, I've never heard of that, but that's... that's influenced the most by them, something like that. That's interesting. Oh, dude, and that like, we and again, I think this is something we've kind of talked about, but about like what makes you you, right? And like, you are the unique combination of things. You're not exactly one thing, but the one thing you are is the combination. Right, yes. I liked that when you said, I listened to it. I'm a listener hey. too, yeah. Um, right. So I'll give you I'll give you a perspective because you just asked you're wondering how people view the podcast and I mean I'm a close friend and I love it um, and I've listened to a lot of them recently like a couple of weeks ago I was listening and I was like I, I felt super disconnected it t- totally could have been my emotions but I was like damn I'm just listening to three dudes hang out without me so I was like <laughs> I, I turned it off I turned it off and I was like I'll just I'll just wait because I think I know that when I'm sitting here I will be so into it and like so yeah but I, in general I really enjoy it and it was just that one time so there's definitely people that feel both is what I'm trying to say yeah and I I do want that hold up because a lot of the times I look at podcasts I like and when people talk about ones they like a lot of the time it's a conversation that they want to be part of that they're listening to or they're like obviously interested in hearing right and I and this is not to toot our own horn or anything but like you said we do have these conversations off mic that I generally find interesting and enlightening and that I can't find from everybody that I meet, right? So I like to put it on mic and I like to share these things and I like for people to realize that we're just on here mansplaining, right? Or that we're just here bullshitting and realizing that, no, we don't know everything, but that's kind of part of the appeal is that we do know some things, we're confident in the things we know, 
and we we use that as a uh, like a springboard to try and figure out new things. Mm-hmm. And I love that it, this podcast is basically like the creative process, mm. uh, like on on air. This is us just creatively talking, bullshitting, smart shit, dumb shit, all the shit in between, emotional shit we've gotten to, like all that shit, man. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> ah! But we were talking about fasting off mic for that hard switch. And Look you said after a day of not eating, you frequently feel really bad. You feel uh, like you feel physically bad. Yeah. Well, those are under certain circumstances, but um, I, 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 we don't have to talk about those. <laughs> No, we don't. But <laughs> then you did talk about though how you just recently came off of a three day fast, like full fast, except for water, obviously. And I do do some intermittent fasting. Um, I usually don't eat till about like ten, eleven a.m. I try not to eat past a certain time at night, and it does make me feel like lighter and a little more full of energy, less um, languid. But um, you were giving some insights about your three day fast. Right, right. So it wasn't that recent. It was a couple of years ago. But um, <laughs> it no, it's yeah. I mean, no, it's still interesting. Um, so a lot of things are interesting that happen. Um, so one thing that happens when we obviously like on your day to day, your body cells die and they replicate. Right. And or they die and they come back. So the who you are now is not the same cell embodiment yeah. of the who you will be later. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But so what that means is that there's a lot of cell garbage in your body oh. that dead cells. Right. And so there's this process that you need to flush them out. And you don't flush them out if you're constantly eating and you're constantly and your body's already working on digesting food and, you know, getting yourself energy. So if you're fasting for I think it's the the threshold is like three days. So at least two to three days or more, um, you can you it's a, it's a flush of all of those like dead, bad waste products of the cells. Yeah. And there's a lot of other good things. Um, you I mean, it gives you a great perspective emotionally on food and, and your relationship to food. Um, and, and that's, that stays with me. I don't, I don't eat a lot. Like recently, as of recently, I don't eat a lot, not because (laughs) I'm like starving myself and I don't have any issues with that. And I love food, but, um, because I, I realize that I don't really need it that often. And it's also a self-feedback thing where if you don't eat, your body produces less hunger hormones, so you don't get as hungry uh, over time. Well, because it, it your stomach shrinks. Yeah, and, well, kind. Of, I don't know if that actually happens, but probably does to an extent. To an extent. Yeah, and that's no, a, no, that's no, an it's, impact. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not just an, it's it's not a triple left a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one thing, and then it's also there's another hormone, the satiation hormone. So like how satisfied you are after a meal. So when you eat McDonald's a bunch, you really want more because that hormone isn't really released. Um, but when you have a very good meal, home cooked meal, it is released a lot. So, so you, that hormone, the threshold for that goes down. So you need to eat less to what feel sad. I think it's ghrelin, oh. but I'm not entirely what, sure. You said those start with the S. Satiation. Oh. Yeah. So there's one for hunger. I might be mixing them up. One for sa- satiation or satisfaction or whatever. That's also another thing is podcast. We don't always have facts immediately. <laughs> sorry, you get the idea. Yeah. 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 The idea <laughs> is that you, the relationship with food improves for biological and emotional reasons. And then there's also another thing. I don't know the specifics about this, but it helps you clear out something in your brain. Like some inflammation or um, and, and oxygen levels. I, I'm totally bullshitting, but I know that exists. <laughs> I know that's a factor of it. Something with the yeah. brain. Is it incorporated with like your, uh, this is spitballing, yeah. your brain isn't focused on digesting? So there's... Maybe. I was, I was kind of thinking that like there's less shit going on. Physically and emotionally. Yeah, exactly. yeah. When you said relationship to food, that was interesting. Like in terms of craving and stuff or like, because when you said that, I thought... Yeah, like, cause we almost treat food the same way we treat a TV show. Like, it's indulgence. Yeah. We just, we're just mm-hmm. taking it in. It's indulgence, and we're ungrateful, and we just do it because we eat every day, and and yes. like we eat three times a day, so it's time to eat. We eat. Yeah. Oh, 
Time, when it's time to eat, we eat, man. When it's 9 a.m. and you just woke up, you have your waffle, you have your um, cereal, whatever. Um, but, like, but I'm not hungry. I realize, personally, like, I'm just not hungry in the morning, so I don't eat. It's more habit. Yeah, you, you, you just become, essentially become mindful about what you put in your body. Mindfulness. That is a key that I've learned. It just helps everything else in life. It's just one of those things that if you have it in your tool belt, it helps get through things. The most recent book I was reading, it's been a while since I picked it up, but um, was Kaizen. Have you ever heard of that book? Kaizen is like a, a Japanese Buddhist philosophy. I haven't read the book about it, though. It's breathing. It's it's a breathing breathing practice. Yeah, it's like there are physical practices, and there's also the mindset, like theory aspect of it. But it's basically this mindfulness thing that you're talking about, about just being more present about things as you do. Oh, actually, I think I might be thinking of Zazen, but anyways keep going right right it's it's very like if it's anything along the lines of what i just explained then i mean in the same boat yeah yeah exactly it's it, like i just said it's basically about mindfulness right and realizing that you're here you're present so like be present while you do things right because the present is all we have <laughs> it's literally the eternal moment that you always have it, it, it you said it was called kaizen, mm-hmm. kaizen yeah. is is that japanese that's japanese, japanese yeah. so d- just is kai I'm going off of like Dragon Ball Z. Right, right, like King Kai. Is Kai yeah, like yeah. God and then Zen? Oh, maybe. Mindset? Yeah, can, right. can you can you, can you, can you find the origin of Kai Zen? Yeah, Etymology? If I got that right, I'm... That's sick. That's James breaking down kanji. Let's go. Anime teaching things. Kai Zen. Uh, I think we want the word... Uh, two words. Change and Zen meaning good. Oh, okay. Kai means change, not God. I thought Kai was like a God. Kami is God. Oh, Kami, Kami is yeah, God. you're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, so good change. Wow, wow, look at this. Japanese philosophy was introduced by to- Toyota back in the 1980s. Oh, it's recent. Yes, 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 Toyota. Yes, that was actually in the book. Yeah, 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 because, I mean, but that's, like, interesting because now they're blending, um, and I guess everywhere does this, actually, now I think about America, but they're blending cultural values into business, right? Because that... Um, like you said, Toyota, they were there as like an implementation program among their workers, right? To be more mindful and they found like it helped productivity. It's a deeply Japanese thing to be mm-hmm. extremely, extremely focused on your craft. Yes, and your craft and like your um, like your values as a person as well, which they also promote society. It goes back to the samurai life because exactly. they had those virtues and they had to live and die to them. And they had such an insulated culture for so long, like so unaffected by outsiders that all they had was their selves that like form this super strong cultural societal value. And and then that's when Western, you know, um, power started to come in and shit and really blow that shit wide open. I think it was the US pulling up being with like, hey, let us in with our big ships and guns. Let us in. Let's trade. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can I think that you want some opium? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, China. Yeah, I think that the samurai term is Bushido. Can you look that yes. up? As in, like, their code? Yes, yes, the code of the samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The code of honor and morals developed by the Japanese samurai. And so the samurai is just the craft of those people and that those values have stuck. Yeah, and of course it doesn't say off the... Ver- oh, here we go. Eight virtues of Bushido are rectitude of justice... Or justice. Or, sorry, or justice, courage, benevolence or mercy, politeness, honesty and sincerity, honor, loyalty, and then character and self-control. Mm-hmm. You know, those Bushido characteristics, um, this is something that happens in films specifically. There's parallels between uh, samurai films during the feudal era, era and Western films, like cowboys going through the wild, wild west because they also had that sense of um, like honor. lone warrior. Yeah, the lone warrior mm, doing something for interesting In this age where um, maybe there's, there's, there's just, it's like almost a dystopia, the wild west. Yeah. A- and... Um, it's beautiful seeing that thing that these two concepts in different areas. I always found that interesting the the parallels between cowboys and ja- and samurais. Yeah, yeah. Samurai shampoo is that? Samurai, well, that's a that's samurais. Oh, cowboy bebop. 
Oh, I fuck with Cowboy Bebop. I fuck with Cowboy Bebop a lot. But you can see it in in black and white films, like um, films by um, big Japanese director. Are these like films when they talk about samurai and their lone warrior ness? Because I'm trying to think now of how uh, cultures and countries reflected in those things. Because you think of the lone warrior of a Western cowboy and shit. You know, they're traversing. They do their own thing. They don't need anybody else. And they go out and they start fighting. They're gunslinging. Like that's the character of you know the lone warrior cowboy and like of America kind of. And I wonder if the because I, I don't know many about uh, samurai movies and stuff in the feudal era, but were they characterized similarly? Were they going out fighting constantly, or was it more about their internal reflection? It was all about internal reflection in this world of lawlessness. Mm, so not being part of the outer... Well, sorry, being part of the outer world, but cultivating your inner self rather than conquering the outer world. Finding yes. structure well, in well, the The chaos. outer world was something that you couldn't control at all, yes. but you could control your loyalties, Ooh. you could control your, so. your characteristics, your disciplines, and... Most of the time, it ended with um, these figures supporting society in a way, like maybe uh, they save a village or something, but they can never actually be a part of it because they're... Oh, they end up moving on. They, yeah, they yeah, have to Yeah, they're wanderers. Whoa. Dude, that is an interesting little parallel. I like the sound of that. Yeah, y'all should watch some Kurosawa films. Those are... Kurosawa? Kurosawa, That's yeah. the yeah, person? The, like the director? Like one of the, big, yeah, the biggest Japanese directors. Kurosawa, sure. people, you heard it here first. Um... Let's take one more break. Unless somebody has something right now, then we can switch over to the Kanye shit because I have to pee again. Um, but I can hold it if we have something. Let's do it. I think it would... I have an idea, but I, I it would just probably be a longer conversation, so you should just... I can hold it. Let's go. Let's go. Um. So, I mean, the Speaking way form, the way yeah. you described it, it's just... I mean, the Tao is seen in everything, the yin and the yang, the the balance of structure and, and chaos and mm-hmm. in and out and black and white, and, and that's exactly it. Like, the... Structure is when the, within the self is the little black dot and the white dot of cha- the white side fish of chaos, oh. and that's the world. And you are the aspect of it that is born from that chaos. And then also in the other way, the chaos is um, found in in structure itself. Whoa. And and it's just about striking that balance. And the reason I bring that up is because I actually totally forgot. Back to your question about creative things I'm doing this summer. Yeah. Or I did this summer. I totally forgot. I have, a, I have a, I made a blog and I'm writing and, nice. and it's, it's based off the yin and the yang. It's at, it's navin.money, N-A-V-I-N dot M-O-N-E-Y. That's just the URL. And, um, I write about the internal world and the external world. It's modeled off of that. It's modeled off of the yin and the yang. And, mm-hmm. and so I talk about myself, my practices, and then also the things that are happening in the world. That's cool. Yeah. How much of, how, how into it have you gotten? I have four essays up, but I just kind of do it when I want to. Um, and, and, uh. Any takeaways so far? Um. Because I've found that writing is a great way to self-actualize in a lot of ways, whether that's fiction or blog writing, right? right. Like fiction, sorry, it's just real quick. Just fiction in the sense of like getting to, um, like for example, when I write fictional characters, there are pieces of me in each of them, right? Yeah, yeah. That I then expand upon. Like that becomes their whole character. That becomes their whole character, right? And you get to actually like see pieces of yourself in a whole person as well as kind of like, I mean, it's almost like you're talking to yourself. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you're building a character, then reflect and be like a looking glass self thing. Have you like, so sorry, back to your takeaways from. So my biggest takeaway is that ironically, it feels like I have engraved ideas into stone, which Whoa. is the beginning of paper and writing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the same concept. And so what it means is that I take ideas that might not be together and I put them together. And then now I have this stone that I refer to to my, my ideas are much more structured when I write about them after I write about them when I talk about them and then when I try to explain them to other people like 
it's, it's just super helpful to have that. Oh, because you've already encountered the ideas. You've already had a dialogue with the ideas. So now you can take them to some. Oops. Yeah. That's, I, I love I love how you write that. That's you've had a dialogue with the ideas. Yeah. Because so like you can't when they're all in your head. I often find like I can't deal with the ideas when they're just banging around in my head too much. Like and we already spoke about it. I learn a lot more when I talk to people like about the ideas or like we just said, talk to yourself basically about the ideas. Because I really think that. And again, it's something we've talked about this whole podcast, like a lot of. Um, I think everything basically starts with self, like with yourself and then you bring it out to the world. Mm -hmm. And like there are, of course, external factors. But as we talk about the samurai, you don't control those. Right. You are part of those. You can control yourself. Right. So I just I really like these ideas of. Being more comfortable with yourself, like I think writing and blogging helps you do that as well and being more confident. You can stand on your ideas. And I really think lack of confidence is an issue. Not only that, like it, it, that is an issue in itself, but I think it feeds into a lot of greater problems out there. Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day. It, it was just like writing is free therapy, and Ooh. I was like, yeah, that, that's really good. Let's yeah, go, dude. wow, I totally agree with that. For sure. I mean, I feel that. I mean, I, I write. Right. I'm a screenwriter. Yeah. You know, I write my films. Um, so I see that all the time when I'm, I'm, I'm always putting my personal perspective into the the film. It's just how it's it's always been, and some people are always like. I don't know if I could write this because it's too personal. I've, I've talked to people and they're like, I don't want too much of me to be in this film. Yeah. Um, but I've never felt that way. Me neither. And it's also like, you don't have to frame it as it being you as well. Yeah. Like you could just say, like, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with it being personal. I understand people maybe being nervous or not ready to share personal things. So if that's the case, you don't have to frame it as it's coming from your personal life, right? Like you could say you're speaking about it. So I would definitely say that that shouldn't i would hope that that doesn't hold people back in but the future but i'm just saying i i don't think it's i don't even know if it's possible to not put your yeah, your so. your perspective in cuz like, you you're writing it you are writing it it is impo it's almost impossible and it's yeah. and even anything from the word choice to whatever like that is putting yourself into what it. I'm saying. that's been a question in this uh, narrative nonfiction class that i've been taking it's like um, journalism when you're writing there is bias no matter what because you are writing it you when you're making a documentary you are making you're structuring it how you see it i just i just had a brilliant thought i mean it's brilliant to me because it was creative i don't think it's a great thought <laughs> i don't think it's a great thought it was brilliant in the act of creativity of bringing it together um is it gone what were you saying um that my narrative nonfiction class uh makes yes question yes 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 bias yes and people don't realize what they're doing is actually just representing themselves through writing, right? Like you said. Yeah. Um, and you said your writing comes out even in your word choice, right? Yeah. That is an aspect of you that is represented. And the reason they feel uncomfortable is because they don't realize, they don't know themselves enough to realize that everything they do is themselves. Wow. And they, they see that they, when they write a character and they see, oh my God, that is really like me. I don't like that and I'm going to remove it. I think that's what you're bringing up. Um, that's just because they, they realized that they, it, it occurred to them that that is them, but it had not occurred to them that everything they do is them. Ah. And so once we get to know ourselves yeah. in the deepest level, we won't be uncomfortable like sharing ourselves because that's all we do. I think is and what you said about the journalism thing where it's like they're inherently biased. I agree with that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like you're just naturally going to be. I think being dishonest about the bias is what's wrong, especially in like modern media and modern. Uh, and, and this is, of course, not to cast a wide brush. I guess more of the larger structures of media and journalism. Like 
like CNN, for example, I don't think is as out front that they are um, like a perspective that they're biased. Search the media bias chart. As in like where they where they line up. Yes. Yeah, because I think there are some that are Who made that chart. <laughs> uh, they, they have their methods posted and, and they they're very transparent with how they did it and who okay, they are. That's cool. I like that. And this one right here. I just think there are some media that are more honest about how biased they are. Look at the CNN, oh, super yeah. to the left, and uh, reliability is pretty low. Like, what's it? Get rid of this, bitch. Oh, yeah. you can go to Google Images and it'll be oh, there. Okay. Like, if you just click on that or something. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm a K fan. <laughs> I don't know how to do things effectively online. Look, there's so many clicks. And it's just, it sent you back. Okay, okay, go back. Huh? Just do open. No, just go to a different. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what do we have? Like, kind of right. The weather channel. The weather channel. Oh wait, wait, wait! Hold on. What's on the left right here? Uh, reliability. Source or reliability. And on so the it's side. like bias. The, the left is this is bias, and then this is uh, political uh, standing. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So if we uh, zoom out, yo, yeah. So it's like the most recognizable names: MSNBC, CNN, Vice. Like where's Fox? Forbes. Infowars. Fox is right there. What's on the least reliable? I want to see that. WorldTruth.tv. <laughs> Infowars. <laughs> What, are they waging war on information? Oh, that, that's, oh that's, that's Alex Jones. Yeah, that's Alex Jones. That's Alex Jones's thing. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, he's super right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go on to with Alex Jones because I have kind of nuanced opinions on that. But yeah, so it's like, what are these ones in the Oh, my God, that's right funny. Here? Go back to the bottom left. Yeah. Bipartisan report all the way on the left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Truth out all the way that's on the left, dude. Man. What are these Crook this one's just called Crooks and Liars. That's on the left. <laughs> Gua guacamole yeah, that's just funny i'm looking at the ones that are say less reliable but they're in the middle like so they're just not reliable for anything they on any nothing. side yeah, on yeah. Any <laughs> they're just side. They're, what are they doing <laughs> that's us that's this that's oh that's us <laughs> we would fit right there oh my I god like that spot. that's hilarious I mean, a little, yeah we we're like right here kind of like right in the middle <laughs> i mean i like that spot then then the palmer report or twitchy or wnd or whatever the hell that is yeah so that's all to say that's like I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with all these news sources. In fact, I think it's good for news sources of all sides to exist. I just think they need to be honest that they lean a certain way. And it's like, then I'll, I can take you more seriously. Because if you tell me that you're reporting honest, unbiased facts and truth, and I find even one instance where you're not, that discredits your entire operation, right? Whereas opposed to if on the face you just say, hey, listen, we report news, we're journalists, but we have a bias. And we're, you're, this is the type of news you should expect. Then that's cool. I'm cool with that. Then I then I have expectations coming in. Well, I think like now people are just automatically assuming that there's bias in things, and they should fear fear is. of information and fear well, fear of a lot. I of think things. you should assume there's bias again, and like, but that's not something to be afraid of. And I, like you said, I think people are afraid of that, but I don't think that's a, it's not a bad. We thing. should be cautious of it. Exactly. We should be cautious and we should be honest. Mm. I'm I'm in a, I'm a, I I'm a huge proponent of the anti lie game james knows. i'm on the opposite <laughs> <laughs> the anti-lie game yeah, what do you mean oh, what ju that just goes i mean like i just don't like i, I don't like lying. lying yeah i don't like lying right but james loves it oh i love it <laughs> i lie about everything that's My right he not showed up james. here not on the time he said he would <laughs> yeah. uh let's see he forgets hey i was early no, okay. that's true that is true and emilio's not here to see it damn. yeah damn. Damn. <laughs> emilio if you're listening james was quite early today quite early also still detrimental, but it's all right. <laughs> Sorry, right, a little better detrimental, though. Lesser of two evils. Which, speaking of which, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about the presidential election and Kanye. Oh, I do it wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, so we're back here, and we talked a little bit. I mean, it was mostly me talking to Emilio. Classic. Emilio, last episode about Kanye and shit. But 
What would you say? <laughs> you said it's mostly me talking. I said classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What do I say? That's most episodes. <laughs> but um, so I finished watching it. Nav, you've seen the uh, Kanye Joe Rogan episode. James, you haven't seen it, but I'm, I'm assuming not. you've heard some sound bites. Yeah. James and I have talked about it. Yeah, too. and I've seen you know Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So there was, and like most people, in the beginning, I pretty much wrote Kanye off like immediately, like in terms of being the president, right? Um, and I think that was a mistake on my part to, I mean, I think it's a mistake to disavow anybody immediately, like without actually really listening to what they had to say. And I hadn't at that point. And, um, you know, I caught some of the Nick Cannon interview and I caught some of the, the I think it was, I don't know if it was Forbes, but the first article that came out where he was talking about like, being in the shower. Yeah. Where he was like in the shower and I started laughing like, oh, I'm going to run for president. I remember, and I remember that like, oh, this guy's crazy. Right. Yeah. But I was listening to him on Joe Rogan and I haven't. Okay, so I haven't changed my mind necessarily on him being president. I don't necessarily know if he should be, and I'm not saying I'm going to vote for him necessarily, but I was just thinking about the merit of voting for him. And this started because before the break, I said lesser of two evils, like going in to vote for Joe Biden or Trump, and I was thinking, and I'm going tomorrow to vote, I was uh, like, I was really sitting here and I was like, I truly don't feel good about putting my vote towards either of them. I don't necessarily think that positive, positively affirming either of them is a will lead the country to a better place. And I know that's going to sound weird to people, but for example, I don't necessarily believe Joe Biden in all of the platforms and all the shit that he yeah. says he's going to do. So there's that. I don't think Trump is good necessarily on the face. That, like Publicly, definitely not good, like in terms of image for America, mm. image for people and all that type of shit. Um, a lot of the views that he like, claims to hold publicly i don't necessarily believe that he believes those either like i don't necessarily believe that trump is a racist i do believe he's playing the act up like subtly quote unquote for his base because i think he's running the country like a business which is you appeal to the people who support your business not to everybody which is where i think the disconnect and where he's doing it wrong but at the same time there also are economic and um, international policies that he's done that i don't necessarily think are bad things like being less involved in wars in uh, making sure China can't illegally dump steel on the U.S. market, which they were doing. It was an illegal economic thing they were doing, right? And he put a stop to it with the tariffs. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for America, right? Regardless of my personal views. Um, but so at, with that, I don't really think voting for either of them, to me, is a good thing for the country. Now, I might change my mind when I get in there. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I most likely will still vote for Biden and Kamala because I still have that faith and I do still lean left. But um, there was this notion of because Kanye talked a lot about ideas. There was a lot of ideas he spoke about it with Joe Rogan specifically, less policy, right? And um, I thought the ideas he was talking about were really important. And you talked about them kind of uh, earlier when we were speaking, just in terms of um, creating new innovations, new ideas, bringing things into the present that don't exist, right? Imagining into the future. And I think that type of thought leader and mentality is important. Um, so I was like, is there value in writing him in and voting him at the booth so that the attention has to be brought to what he's saying? Not necessarily so that he'll win, but so that people pay attention to the ideas he was saying. Things about like innovating farming, innovating education, innovating like all of these things that will set people up for a better life, I think, from an earlier age. And I was just wondering what you guys thought if there's any merit to that thought. The Writing him in so that more attention is gained. How, to how would, how how would that? How is you writing in? Yeah, how does that well, bring attention? Not to just it? me individually, like anybody who writes him in. Because then, if like the polls come out that Kanye, whoa, Kanye got a lot more votes than we thought he would. Why? Interesting. We have to go see what he but was then, saying. But then he had to understand what the reasonings for people, what people's reasoning was for voting him. 
for him. And I don't know if a lot of people would do it the same way you did, where you understand his ideas and his concepts and you're going off of that. I think there might be a lot of people who are doing it because, oh, shit, it's Kanye, and fuck the other two candidates. Right. Right. Well, this goes back to what we said about um, the taxes and the charity thing, where it's like, I, if what they're supporting him for might not be great, but it leads to great ideas then being talked about, is that worth it? Like, their motives... Does it matter less if the outcome could be better? I think you should vote for who you want to be president. Yeah. Hmm. I, so I what if s- I don't want any of the three of them to be president? That's what a lot of Americans are facing right now. I that's mean, what I'm saying. And that's what it, it comes down to. Who do you think is best fit? Who do you think would match your what you want, actually? What was Biden's thing? It was like settle for Biden. He said settle. You can go to settleforbiden.org or something. That's probably some organization. It that can't decided, be that him, did, bro. We're I don't think that it's actually right him. It's probably now. some. If that's him, dude, that's organization pathetic. that did it for him. That's fucking pathetic. Where, because don't go just, to that link. Just search it. Yeah. Settle for Biden. Then they're just targeting the people who are asking the same questions as us, and they're like, "Well, you just gotta settle for Biden. This is why." It's time to settle. Settle for Biden is a grassroots group of former Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders supporters who recognize Joe Biden's flaws, but know that our nation will not survive four more years of Donald Trump. Okay, maybe, I mean, maybe I am the person who needs to read this. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe, maybe this is for me. Because <laughs> it says Biden is a fantastic, but Trump is far forward. But we're not going to go through this, uh, like, everything they say. But, okay. I mean, that's pretty pathetic as, like, a title. I really hate that as, like, your leading slogan, settle for. For the, for the oh, president of the country, don't yeah. Don't say settle for. Just I know. Say- I don't even know, like, alternative, right, to your main <laughs> choice, right? Like, I mean, we're, they were just trying to make something catchy, like, something that people are thinking they're like i guess i gotta settle for biden dude oh man yeah it sucks that that's the connotation for our president it is yeah like that's that's well how did i mean i don't know if you guys want to reveal this if you don't want to but if you have voted and if you did vote for biden like how did that make you feel when you checked the box did you feel like i'm moving america in a better direction i'm doing what i have to that's how i saw it to move america in a better Uh, direction yeah and how i think it's gonna move so I said Kanye is my role model. I did vote for Biden. Um, I, I had a slight hesitation because I I like a lot of Kanye West's ideas, and I, I think he's a very talented person who can create a lot of change in the world, and he's doing it right now. But I don't think he's prepared to be president. Yeah. He, has to, he, he would have to prove himself internationally. He has to solve bigger problems, and I think he can do that. I think he can in the next four years. He probably will. He's working on something with Haiti right now. Yeah. He pro- like what if Kanye West improves the lives of everybody in Haiti? Yeah. That's a fucking amazing thing. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say he's gonna do that or anything, but I think that it's too early to tell for me personally whether Kanye West will truly, though I love him, will truly make a the best positive impact. Like, I don't know if he's mentally prepared yet. Two questions for you. Well, actually, sorry, you want to finish your point? Um, so I voted for Biden because, um, I, I mean, I needed to vote for somebody, um, who would represent my views the most, but also, um, who wouldn't, you know, attack who I am, which I kind of feel like is, one of the decision making is is an aspect of decision making. I want to be supported in some way. Um, Questions about um, some of the things Kanye said, and just not 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 whether they're good or not, just the merit you think they might have. 
um, you talked about needing to do bigger things internationally. And I, I, I do like that was my biggest um, anticipation and hang up going into the Joe Rogan thing is I was looking forward to when Joe Rogan was actually going to ask him about, yo, OK, so China, Russia. Like, he was good about do? it, too. Like he, he, he's pushing. I, yeah. I actually saw that bit and um, the Twitter video actually cut it off to where it looked like Kanye wasn't answering it. So I went and I. Yeah, when he paused for a long time, but I know he does that just to gather his thoughts. So I actually went into the video and I, I looked up his answer because I'd rather hear his answer than just laugh at him for not answering immediately, right? And I liked the moment where he asked that question. He did pause. I liked that because it was different than everything. Because before it was just rapid fire answer, answer, question, thought, thought, thought. But that one, he was like, let me take a moment. Let me collect and then be like, listen, I'm a civilian. I, I, I So I look at these things as a civilian and when I become in a, like a president or when I get in the office and once all of these, this information is presented to me and I have people around me, then I will make decisions. My thing on that is that, no, not about the video really, is on his position about that is that, I mean, Trump has the same thing. Like he has people around him and he's still making the decisions counter that. Well, I, I personally think Kanye would choose better people. I don't really have too much to merit. Well, actually I think I, I think we have a good amount to merit that on honestly. Like in terms of his personal values, uh, the kind of platforms he's running on, and I, but what you have a response to? No, um, oh sorry. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I just wanted to know the merit of that answer. What y'all thought of that specifically, to how he would deal with the foreign policy? Because he's also saying essentially, listen, we don't like things could change from right now when I answer this question to when I'm in the office and have to deal with that. So to give an answer absolute right now is kind of silly. What, I mean, do you like what do you guys I mean, it's about kind that? of, but it, like for people who have been in that situation before, yeah. they have a better grasp on it. I don't think, I mean, he's never been in that situation, you know? Yeah. Well, that, okay. Then that was going to be my follow up question. Not obviously dealing with foreign militaries and shit. He hasn't done that. But um, on the international point again, where he said something about, you know, I've been in, more international than any president ever. Like I've dealt with people from all over the place more than any president ever. I've brought people. The, he made a stupid comparison when he said, I brought rivals together on a song or whatever. I mean, that's not totally stupid, but I was like, all right, bro, like we need to deal with scale here. I got the idea he was trying to say, but like, no, I think it's a very, I think it's a very valid point. I, I think it's valid. I think, I think the, the comparison of scale is a little too far away. Because two artists are different than two countries that have different political systems and different reasonings for getting into well i think doing, you, you know? it's it's still sales like you still have to understand right. their problems and bring them together and you have to find what to bring the people together. and that's creativity the artists you bring them together over the song the music right so it's like what can you bring the politics and the other countries together over but does that thought have any merit the fact that he has interacted with more people around the world probably i mean maybe trump might be different honestly but uh um any other president like is there any merit to the fact that he does know how to relate to people yeah yeah, it has merit. Like he, every politician running for president or doing anything that has to fight for a position will have their own, you know, strengths. Yeah, that's one of his. Mm. And um, I think he relates to people the best of all the candidates. I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's a very important point with president because then it's like, what do we want from a president? And this goes back a little bit to what uh, me and Amelia were discussing a little bit on the last episode. But it's like, what is a good president is it someone who has a specialized skill in something or is it someone who kind of knows you know a good amount of things has their thing that maybe isn't specifically politics and then is very good at choosing teams of experts yeah it's it's, it's you have to be a leader you have to be an amazing leader you have to inspire trust in your people you have to push forward into the unknown and 
with with a vision for the future and explain to those people that follow you that this is the right way to go and then also then go into the chaos and solve the problems that need to be solved and you know make a positive impact for you those around you and that that's that is the skill of a leader and Kanye is, he's a leader certainly oh certainly music thought creativity like he is a leader design like it or not exactly like he's made revolutionary changes in every industry he's been in he's hopped to the unknown dozens of times and have have just inspired insane amount of change and he's failed like don't get us wrong we're not saying he's never failed like but the fact that you have failed and then still persevered i think is an even greater testament to then you've just failed and now then you have to argue but, okay but how many chances do you get to fail as the president before something really grave happens what, what has he failed at um like when he first tried to get into the designer industries when he first started to get into like the ceo industries there was failure i mean but you could argue that that's just breaking into new markets and new spaces so i don't necessarily think that's the strongest point against them but you could argue that there is a aspect of I don't want to say overdetermination because I don't want to sound like determination is a bad thing, but it's a sense of maybe jumping into things without fully being aware of what you're getting into. And I don't think that the presidency should have someone who needs that big of a learning curve to understand how to be in it. But what does that mean? Like a learning curve? you're learning assu- curve you're what? assuming uh, ability like Kanye's ability to learn. Like you don't I don't know how long it takes him to to learn. But also, what's the learning curve though? To learn what? How to interact as to, to understand like, the world's they, they problems. Have to leave the, the the politics behind it, the the demographics that you're you're talking to. That just there's so many interconnected things like ec- economics. There's just so much in the government. That it's a whole different world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's so funny because I was about to say. I mean, he's got everything but the politics. But I was about to be like, oh wait, <laughs> that's there's, important. There's, yeah, a, there's that's a important. lot. There's, um, so it should be the person who is already well equipped to do it. Yeah, I, I don't want him to get into the, the presidency and be like, all right, I'm gonna figure this shit out, and then like the first year he's like, I don't like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how long it would take him to actually figure things out. Right, but I think that I mean, yeah, that is assuming his learning ability. Right, right, right. No, I mean that that aside, go ahead. No, no, no you were gonna say, um, e- experience is valuable. Yes, for sure, but but determination and like ability to learn is also on the same level freshness of ideas as well is important i think too yeah so and like not necessarily saying no experience but there is an argument to not being as ingrained in the political system and having revolutionary ideas to change it that's right we're assuming everybody is going to cooperate with him and everybody in, in in our current government he has access to the smartest people like who knows who's going to be by his side biasing him pointing him in the wrong directions yeah and but he's also gonna have people countering that that's just how politics yeah exactly and he doesn't have that i don't know like how this the skill of maneuvering politically is is uh it's his own thing yeah (laughs) exactly it's one i think it's one of the biggest ones yeah well that's where i would well that's where i would say that okay i'm trying i'm really trying to figure out how to say this correctly because I don't want to be irresponsible with my words, but I do want to get these thoughts out there. And like, that's where I think though, having a good team around you is more important than the person themselves being the best, you know? Cause like, and this is why maybe Kanye shouldn't be president. And this is why I'm saying his ideas should be brought into the forefront. Cause maybe somebody else can run with it. I was talking to my buddy, Asim, and I was kind of comparing Kanye to Andrew Yang in a sense where I was like, Andrew Yang, the year he ran, 
most likely wasn't going to win, but he used it as a platform to bring these ideas into the mainstream. Like universal basic income was not talked about until Andrew Yang ran his platform. Then once he was out, suddenly all the Democratic candidates started discussing it at least a little bit or incorporating something in it, right? Without giving him his credit also, right, by the way, but he brought the ideas into the lexicon. So I just wonder if there's an aspect of that happening with Kanye as well that might be beneficial. And I, I want to know what the proper way to do that is without being irresponsible. Well, I wish it was... It's it's tough because he's already a celebrity. Exactly. So he's only being acknowledged as being Kanye from before. But it's know? also a good thing. He, he already has the view of the world and when he does something good people will know like he already has like their attention so he's already in the spotlight yeah right right yeah. right but um i will say the mental health aspect does that's why, make me a little more hesitant why would if instead he just became like um maybe he made an organization that was promoting these same ideas he's gonna instead do that. of running for president he's gonna do know? that yeah i think he already is yeah he is yeah yeah like he was talking about and you mentioned with the uh, education and i think i mentioned it with the farming and stuff like that and like the land that he's buying and what he's trying to build in those places like he's doing that and maybe what you're saying is correct where like maybe he needs four more years to do these things and like show the precedent of the ideas he's talking about not just have the ideas because then i think once you pair those and if he's able to put together a good resume of that the four years i don't see why not yeah he proved he's proven himself yeah. well I, I and i just mentioned it a little offhandedly but what do you think about the mental health aspect should a president have publicly documented uh mental health records like this that's a, that's a very interesting and complex subject. Very. Um, <clears throat> I, I we just don't know the truth about his mental health. Let's assume he is manic bipolar or My, manic depressive, which is bipolar. It, it is bipolar. Um, well, I think that in itself is a dangerous assumption. He was diagnosed. Well, he said it. He, yes, he was diagnosed. Yeah. But um, he's also. Like, there was a lot of pressure put upon him to, like, see doctors and stuff like that when he didn't want to. And he didn't like the medication. Yeah. And I'm not, not, not at all saying that, you know, those doctors were wrong or something like yeah. that. But, but we, we, that means we have to trust the doctors and, and stuff like that. But that's only one aspect. Um, I think I've just started. I think it's important that aspect that you did bring it up, though, because it does link back to what you were talking about earlier with, um, like, uh, the DSM and, like, maybe improper text for diagnosing mental health issues. So there is. Which is a whole different yeah. discussion. But. Um, then we're also assuming that other presidents from the past were not mentally. You're right, right, right. Well, like, and if that's what I'm saying, like, if I knew that they were publicly, I don't know if I would want them to be president either because that might influence the decisions they make. Right, right. And it takes a certain, you know, personality to, to go that far in, in terms of changing the world. Mm. And, and a lot of leaders are eccentric, right? Right. Like, or so and I'm not, and I'm not at all <laughs> saying that they are all mentally ill, no, yeah, yeah. but um, it, I do believe it should be considered. Like, do you think we should know all of our president's kind of health records, like cholesterol? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> weird. Well, I think they do. They do give out the they, president's they, physicals yeah. and mm -hmm. shit, right? I mean, that was a big thing. This, I mean, I don't know. Our, our president is obese. Oh, Trump's fat, dude. We like, need to know if he's healthy. What if he dies? Like, the, like the argument against Bernie Sanders. A lot of people were like, "What if he dies in office?" That's uh, and that's what I'm saying. So it's like, if we're gonna make all this fuss about them being old and running, then I also think we should. I think we should have access to our leaders. Not access, like, I'm going to look through the documents. But I think there should be something publicly presented to the public about their leader's conditions. I want my president to be a six-pack, <laughs> rocking. No, nah, I just want them to Arnold be healthy. You can have dad bod. Just be healthy. Trump's does not look healthy, bro. <laughs> and he looks like he's Adderalled up all the time. Or something. Right. Which... <laughs> 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 Please, please, please. <laughs>
Um, yeah, no, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> it was a notion we were talking about about like the mental health aspect of a president, or um, like whether that should be known. But uh, then, and then the the last thing I was going to say was that um, we also have to change what people believe about mental illnesses and what that means, Ooh. and 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 also about like understanding ourselves and other people's like and and 20 percent of people will be diagnosed with a major depression yeah. uh episode in their life and or 15 rather 15 percent sorry um that's a that's it's a lot a of people facts. yeah it's a lot of people man and <laughs> and, and 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 so like we, ha- we have to de-stigma- destigmatize what yeah exactly it's part of it's normal mm-hmm. it is normal to have to not be normal and 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 to feel lost and to feel sad yeah Cause like we're just by being here and not knowing where we came from, that's kind of like inherent. Yeah, and some and, and sometimes it's it's really out of whack, and sometimes it's hard to fix, mm-hmm. and and it's really influential, and we, that is definitely important to know. Yeah. Um, so so I think it, it's certainly important, but it's also a factor of like, I the the reason you even asked the question, like should we even know that, implies that it's a dangerous thing to know, or it's right. or it's very influential thing to know. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's, it's extremely complex. Yeah. I think it could be influential. Well, I think it is influential, but I think everything else you said is also correct where like, especially the, uh, changing the perspective of what it means to have a mental illness or for your mental health to be quote unquote off. Cause like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Right? Like we're judging off. Of, I mean, you could argue there is a standard in terms of what most people might be like, but it's like that changes throughout history. Right. So that's also a thing. And then also a lot of these can also be manageable in modern day. Right. So there's. I guess that is more what I would want to know is the manageability of this person with their um, like whatever's affecting their mental or physical like anything like they hid. What's his name? Who, who's the guy that had polio? FDR? I'm not I'm not sure. I think it was FDR. Um, I mean, if I'm wrong, I don't feel like looking it up. But <laughs> whatever president had polio and couldn't walk, they never took pictures of him in his wheelchair because they never wanted people to see yeah. that their president was weak or like couldn't get up. Right. But. I don't know. Uh, is that a flawed way of thinking? I think I would rather know if my president was in a wheelchair or not. Yeah. Well, now we would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cameras everywhere. You yeah. have someone walking by the way. Yeah, it, it was Roosevelt. Huh? It was Roosevelt? Okay. Yeah, so... So what happens if Kanye is in office and he has a mental break? Yeah. Like a, like a bad one. Yeah, that's... No, that's... Which, that's I mean, yeah. if there's... There is pressure. Like an enormous oh, amount God. of pressure. Probably the most. The is most Obama pressure. age fifty years in, in yeah. eight. Yeah, all the, all of them like age significantly quicker. Like, so like when was when was the last time you had one? Do we know? No, I would say whenever the last like public Twitter rant was. But I don't even. I mean, that's what the people call. Yeah, is that an episode? It could be a manic one. Yeah. No, but like, he's just expressing expressing his thoughts quickly. No, I agree. I I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't we, we don't really know. We don't know. Really, but yeah. we know he has had. Yeah. Right? Like I express thoughts quickly, but I don't necessarily means I'm going through a manic episode, right? So I get your point. I'm, but with the pressure of the presidency, there's a, poss- a possibility of a- actually happening. A possibility, at least. Um, so what happens then? And if if other world leaders know that, how does that affect our international standings? If we have a, I don't know. Yeah, dude, it's um, interesting, and I would I would like to know that. He's not easily manipulated. That's very important. Yes. Especially um, when you listen to him go, 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 and he doesn't get too in-depth on the thoughts he's saying. And the details. Yeah. Like, then that doesn't tell me that you are deep critical thinking. I don't necessarily disbelieve that he is. It's just that doesn't show me it. And so it's like, and then, you know, his sudden 
um, a resurgence with Christianity and God. Again, not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but you know, the, in publicly, he's kind of gone back and forth with some. Like he was with Trump, he was against Trump, he's blah 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 blah. And I'm not saying you can't change your mind. All I'm saying is. I, I want to know that my leader has a strong foundation of what we were saying, who they are, what they believe in, and is willing to hear other opinions and change their mind, but isn't just immediately influenced by the first nice thing or slick thing that they heard. You know, which I, that was definitely a not, not for me, but publicly was a concern people spoke about Kanye when he first talked about running for president. And I don't know whether that's warranted or not, but right. in general, I think that's a question. Important that, to consider, for sure. Consider, yeah. yeah. Oh, Should we just break time? Yeah. Uh, what are we gonna get into after? Yeah. Should. We? Okay, we can wrap. Hold on. All right. Um, How long has it been? It's been one oh five, which is that's pretty good. No, that's really that's like ninety minutes is an hour and a half. Okay, cool. So yeah, we're almost at like hour forty, hour forty five. Yeah, we should definitely wrap then. All right. Um. So yeah, we're gonna wrap it on that. Does anybody have any final words for the people for the pod? Anything we've been talking about that we want to wrap up on? Um. Go check out the video again. Yup. Shout out Bobby Ray, Bobby Tyler Ray. on Demand on YouTube. Shot and edited by James Valdez. Yeah. Um, election night is going to be crazy for a lot of people. Vote. So take care take care of those people, you know, and take care of yourself. Make sure you're in a comfortable space. That's true. It's just going to be wild. Yeah. You know, and so look out for each other. Yeah, and please please don't riot on election night. I really don't think that helps anything. I understand people are angry. And, like, demonstrate. Do what you got to do to express, but please don't riot on either side. Protest don't riot. Yeah, because, like, it just makes you and everything that you stand for look that much worse to the people that you oppose yeah exactly and we don't get anywhere from that that's just further divide i think i think there are definitely ways to express your dis dissatisfaction without alienating other people i mean you will naturally probably alienate people by disagreeing but the more peaceful you do it the more likely you are to have them listen to you right or change their mind i think too many people think that minds can't be changed like they think people are too set in their ways i don't necessarily believe that um yeah you got last words for the people yeah i got two uh, don't, try not to lie to people. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you hear you hear that, James? Yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm just playing, but I'm serious. Like, I don't lie, dude. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then and then two, like, That's just try try to uh take a moment to like see how you're feeling and you know take a deep breath and uh yeah, I wish everybody the best. Right. See where you're at. If you don't like it. See what you can do to change it. If you do like it, keep going. This has been another episode of Rabbit Hole Sessions. Thank you, James. Thank you, Nav. It was great to have you back, man. Emilio, we'll see you next episode, hopefully. And, yeah, peace out. Bye. Dope.